Welcome back, everybody, to Down for the Count. This is a special episode of So What Happened Was. I'm your girl, Alexis, and with me tonight is my girl, Tiff. And I want her here because her reactions are fucking priceless. Tiff, say hi. <laughs> hi. So she only wants me here because I yell, and it's, it's yes. funny to her. And I want—I just want to hear your your first reactions to this because it's—if it's, it's gonna gross, I'm, it's going to be what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, oh well, you're God. gonna you're gonna say that a lot tonight, so um, be ready. Um, so tonight I'm we're gonna uh, so tonight we are going to cover something that has been highly requested by Tiff, Janae, and Nicole for me to cover. We are going to do the infamous plane ride from hell everyone's talked about it everyone knows about it but we're going to give you our version of what happened including the fallout of what happened with bed wrestlers who caused pandemonium on an airplane way too high off the ground oh so, boy. so here we Not go an airplane <laughs> now Let's time travel back to the long, long time ago year of 2002. God, I feel old saying that. <laughs> so 2002, kind of, you know, you kind of remember the uh, locker room and how that was back in the day. We're talking toxic masculinity, women getting yeah. treated like shit, tons of drug use. And honestly, them just doing a lot of shit that really wouldn't fly well with a lot of the superstars today, a lot of the people who work in the back, and the only ones who would be, would be getting upset about it is the good old boys saying that we're all going soft. Well, once you hear this, you will understand probably why it's better wrestling is the way that it is now. So, back in 2002... WWE was on a week-long European tour ending at a pay-per-view in London called Insurrection. It's the only second time WWE has ever done a pay-per-view in Insurrection. It wasn't live. It was taped. So as soon as they taped Insurrection, they jumped on a plane and was on their way home. Now, in order to kind of keep everybody from wandering off, like a bunch of children, Prince or Prince Vince charted a private plane for them to all travel together. Not only him and Linda, the wrestlers, production, the girls who make costumes, like pretty much everybody like that you would need to successfully have a wrestling tour in Europe. Cause you can't exactly be like, oh, whatever, you know, you can wait till no, they had to have everybody. So this plane is a huge 747 housing everybody, first class, second class, all that stuff, you know? Ooh. So it's kind of bougie. I've seen pictures of the plane. It was, it was like Vince really he went all out. Oh, it was, it was nice. Like it puts most private jet, like planes that like celebrities own. Like granted Vince was renting this, but it puts to shame like private jets you see of like celebrities, ball players, all that kind of stuff. It, it was it was nice. Like you could live on this damn thing. It was that nice, and it was big. So, according to some reports, shit had already gone sour because after the show, I mean, they went right from the show, showered to this plane. Right off the bat, a lot of people had argued about this, but I'm putting it in here anyway, just in case it did happen. And I didn't miss it. The plane was already delayed by an hour okay now now when you're somewhere you want to get home and you're already hearing that like plane's been delayed you're just like shit at this point but there's not much yeah. you can do well according to the on the on the plane there was a lot you could do um now remember this was 2002 wwe drug use was severely ramp uh, rampant in this company and according to several wrestlers including x-pac uh he would know oh yeah of course he would uh the poison of choice was pills ghb aka gamma hydrobirate 
The date AKA. rape drug? Yep, that's what I was about to say, the date rape drug. Ew. Because see, kids, back in 2002, there's like more to it besides, it, like, the F, uh, the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, they were real lenient about shit. Wouldn't fly today. Because the whole thing is supposed to make you relax, calm your nerves, that kind of shit. But it is also known as the date rape drug, aka because creeps would put it in girls drinks and it would make them real relaxed and they wouldn't sometimes they would combine it with roofies and you couldn't remember what happened it would cause you to black out yeah don't i i'm not a weightlifter i barely go to the gym anymore and just run on the treadmill so i can't tell you why it was being sold in health food stores but a year later later yeah i can talk tonight a year later in 2003, that's when it GHB became an illegal substance. Hmm. So that's just kind of interesting to me that I found out about that. And of course, syringes. Or steroids. Yeah, let's just say steroids was probably the least of the worries when it came what, to steroids, heroin. Uh, and, yeah, anything you can inject yourself with. Um, they're just incredible quoted to say that they had flight attendants walking around the plane at all times with garbage bags open and people were just throwing syringes into the garbage bag. What the fuck is this? This is, this was locker room 2002, man. This was the kind of behavior that they went down and Vince knew about it. He just refused to do anything. So that's okay. Why, you know, they go so Justice Warrior I, thing. That is that is weird as fuck. And they said that in the nineties, GHB was sold in health food stores as a remedy for insomnia and for its growth hormone enhancement properties. So this was a way for them to bulk up as well as keep them awake or relax them it was a relaxing agent and to help them pick up weight because it's popular amongst bodybuilders mm-hmm. so you put in and you guys were taking ghb mm-hmm. coke and you just you you just on the plane willy-nilly fucking syringe just woo yeah i gotta get this ghb in the day because uh, Xbox, Xbox said it, Just Incredible said it. A lot of people who've done interviews on this have said it, that syringes were just being used left and right. You know, and this sounds horrible and you can choose to leave this out if you want to or not. I always wonder with the amount of syringe use, cause we all know about steroids back in the eighties and the early nineties when Vince nearly went to jail. Of course. Do you That's ever- gonna be on Dark Side of the Ring. I can't wait for that. And Dark Side First of the Rings actually. Dark Side of the Rings actually covering this next year, so I'm actually very excited about that. Yes, they are. Shout out to Dark Side of the Ring. Hi. <laughs> Let me on yes, your. Lex is gonna do it first. Yeah. <laughs> Let me on your show. I do a better job than Cornette. Um, <laughs> but so I was, I was kind of wondered with all the syringe use that was being used, and again, you can leave this out if you want to or not. I was always wondering if there's ever been an AIDS scare in the locker room. Yeah, it always made because I I never want to I never want to say that, but of course your brain does that thing where it's like, hey, let me think of something very highly inappropriate, and then you're gonna be stuck on it for like the next you know, I got decade, you. <laughs> decade or whatever. But I was like, I always wondered if they were they ever had like an AIDS scare in the locker room. I mean, I could understand why, like. You're talking about syringes just being used like it's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's not normal for you to be just popping a damn syringe in your arm and then going by your bed. Like people's veins collapse and all types of weird shit happens. And I don't know if they were sharing needles. The only way that would happen is if they were sharing needles. Well, well I would it- hope that they were safer than that, or from what you're telling me. Well, it's about to hit the fan, so the answer would be no. Oh, it gets better. So Vince, in all his wonderful glory, 
decided that on the way home, he was going to have an open bar. As on the plane? Thing, on a plane, he was going to have an open bar as thanks to everyone who came on tour. And this is their way of relaxing for the long flight home. Oh, I have, my God. I have, now, I have been to London. It is a, let me Google something. Like, hold on, let me Google it. How, hang on, screw this. Alexa, how long does it take to fly from the United States to, the, to London, England? The flight time between the United States and London is approximately eight hours. That is a long time to be on a plane. What was the, what did she say? It's eight hours to fly really? from, the, from the U.S., from, according to what my Alexa said, from the U.S. to London, it's an eight-hour flight. Oh, so, my God. So they have rampant drug use and an open bar. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Oh, it's turning into a shitstorm, my friend. So it starts off pretty, you know, innocent, innocently enough. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Everything. <laughs> uh, it started out, like I said, innocently enough. Oh, wow. Mox looks hot now. What the hell? <laughs> uh, sorry. Focus. All right. So Scott Hall. Remember Scott Hall, kids, because he's going to be brought up later. Scott Hall and Kurt Henning, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect, oh, great. was just playing pranks on people. Somehow they got a can of shaving cream on the plane, and they are basically, you know, doing ju juvenile little bullshit, like, you know, shaving cream in the hand, and then, like, the person slapping themselves in the face with it, you know. Okay, that's, that's harmless. You know, like, fun. stupid little shit you do with your friends when you're dumb and young, and you just, you know. Yeah, but you're, like, 15. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just like them trying to have fun. Okay. Scott, ha Scott Hall. However, Scott, Mr. Hall. Okay, Razor. I love you, but uh, my dude, we need, I got to go in hard on him on this episode. I'm sorry. This was the peak of Scott Hall's addiction problem. Um, a little before all this, he was in WCW, where he earned the nickname Last Call Hall. They made a storyline about him being an alcoholic while he's suffering through being addicted to alcohol. Oh. And Scott Hall's girlfriend, uh, I think it's his wife, I'm not sure. But I know his girlfriend at the time uh, stated that she was, uh, her words, completely disgusted by WCW that the fact they used a man's illness as a storyline. When he was I'm not surprised. When he was <laughs> drinking himself to death. Oh, okay. boy. So, according to a lot of people on that plane ride, Hall was the first one to hit that bar. Sounds about right. And was just pounding drinks left and right. And it was also noted that his drinking problem had escalated over this tour. Because again, 2002 locker room. Could you, it's a big difference between now and 2002 and 2021 with Jim, uh, one of the Usos getting busted again for you, uh, for you, uh, bleh. D-U-W-I? Yeah, almost said U-T-I. Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I had been drinking a little bit today, sorry. Um, but it, it's a big difference because back then, 2002, there was no social media. There was no um, Twitter. Yes, you know, nobody's holding you accountable except for you. Right, and the fan, some people knew and some people didn't know. And it was just kind of like, either way, it was in bad taste. Um, right. But he had gotten worse as time had gone on and in over, this wasn't like WWE now where they keep a tight ass leash on everybody when right. they go overseas or when they go anywhere. 
you know, this was, it was, it was bad. Um, by the time the plane landed back on American soil, Hall was so fucking wasted. He had to be taken out of the plane by a wheelchair because he could not control his body, his bodily functions. What in the hell? I have only gotten that drunk one time and it was my 23rd birthday. And to this day, I still can't smell Jaeger because of it. (laughs) God. But by the, that's the only time I ever had that because I don't remember how I got home, but somehow I got home, but I know I didn't drive. Okay. I know I didn't drive. That is crazy though. This man was in his late thirties, early forties at this point. Holy shit. He was plastered. He was gone. Like, according to what people have said, because a lot of people were kind of agreeing on the same thing, that he was becoming obnoxious during the flight. The drunker he got, the more and more people were just kind of like, oh, getting over his shit. And um, he could not walk. He could not tell them who his name was. He couldn't tell him, he couldn't tell anybody where they were at. They were flying back to Stanford because they were having raw there that night. I think it was Stanford, but they were flying back to the place where they were going to have raw that night. And he got so blackout drunk on this flight home. He couldn't remember who he was or where he was. Jesus. I could not imagine. I mean, like I have a drink or a can of cider. Shout out to uh, Rain, uh, Gypsy, Rain, uh, Gypsy Cider because your shit's good. <laughs> I only had one, <laughs> like I've had two, but um, no, it's just like I get, I have one drink now, and I'll have it with dinner, and then I'm good for like the rest of the, the rest of the night. I had not gotten that drunk since like I think when I was 26, and it was a week before I got married. That was the last time I ever got blacked out drunk, and even then, I woke up the next day going, "I'm never doing this again." <laughs> I know, and we're not doing this to make fun of anybody who has alcoholism, but this is to have you have people realize this is a major disease. And if you know anyone who has problems, you need to get them help before they turn into Scott Hall. I'm surprised he's still here. I know I'm not trying to be mean or be funny, but like anybody who gets that drunk is like alcohol poisoning. Well, we'll get to what happened with Scott at the end here. Oh boy. Okay. So, and like I said, when he got rolled out, Vince saw it. And Vince, according to Just Incredible, Vince was screaming at him in the airport, calling him names, cussing him out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I would too. Not even the fact that we got a free bar and you probably fuck or open bar and you probably alone cost me not even up like hundreds of dollars of booze but okay pause like Vince didn't know he had a drinking problem then I don't know I guess because Vince was in first class Vince didn't know all this was going on till shit happened later on because I mean like he worked for WWE at this point right yeah but at this point it's still 2002 they didn't give a fuck back then you show if you showed up, you still wrestled, whether you were drunk, under the influence, whatever. Well, I get that. I'm saying like he can be mad, but like you kind of created the environment for him to be able to do this. I I'm not a hundred percent. I I try not to follow this part of Scott Hall's career because it's very sad. I grew up watching him. And he was like one of the first, one of my first favorite wrestlers. So to see him at this point, I remember just kind of giving up on him. And I know that sounds horrible, but it's just like, again, you know, alcoholism runs in my family. My husband was like a borderline alcoholic when I met him. And it got to the point where I was like, all right, dude, it's either this or me because I've dealt with this growing up and I'm not dealing with it with you for the rest of my life so you need to you need to pick one or I'm gone 
He made, I think he made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> of I mean, course. You know, it's, I mean, we're not trying to sit here and be like, oh, that's, you know, people need help. You try to get it. If they don't want help, then I hate to say it, but sometimes you need to wash your hands of them and be like, I love you, but I just can't deal with you anymore. I agree. And that'll either snap them out of reality or it won't. As for Vince knowing, I'm pretty sure he did know Scott Hall may have had an issue, but he was probably thinking that he was going to be babysat. That's, I mean, that's the only thing I can understand. Like, you know, someone who has an alcohol problem, mm-hmm. but you have an open bar. Exactly. That was my, that was where I'm going. I'm like, why would you do that? You know full well that this man can't even handle just being able to buy his alcohol. You're going to allow him to drink for free and you know he has an alcohol problem? You enabled him. So you really can't get mad. When, when we got married, we had an open bar. But because um, I said alcoholism runs in my family uh, and I really didn't want anything too crazy to happen. So I told my, I told my wedding planner, I'm like, okay. They're like, your parents are paying for the bar. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I have a request. And I'm like, look, this is what goes on in my family. And, you know, certain people don't need to be having more than two drinks. And if they ask for any more, just give them the juice part of it at this point. They want to run and Coke, just give them a Coke. If they want like a pineapple drink, give, just give them pineapple juice. Maybe sober them up a little bit. I'm like, because I, it's bad, man. I've seen it first fucking hand with my dad. And yeah it's 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 bad but oh it it gets it gets worse it gets it gets a million times worse i'm gonna i'm gonna move on because i could just keep talking about that shit forever and a day so um kurt henning let's get back to him decided to stop getting people covered in shaving cream and uh decided that being in a plane was a perfect time to challenge a certain newcomer to a amateur wrestling contest tiff what yes would you like to take a guess about who that new rising star in wwe was that he said hey you and me both have amateur backgrounds in wrestling. Let's have a wrestling match. Was that like, wait, that was 2002. So was that Lesnar? Yep. Are you serious right now? I wish I wasn't. I oh. told you this is going to be some weird shit. My God. So they have some sort of connection. They were both uh, Minnesota boys. And oh, they great. both have they both have amateur wrestling backgrounds. I think Kurt Henning played football at some point too. I couldn't get a yes or no answer on that, but mostly people focus. They were both from Minnesota and they both had amateur wrestling backgrounds. Um, so you know, it just it, it kind of was started out as a play fight, like you know when you fight with your brother or your cousins and you yeah, know, do that little slap fight shit. Yeah, yeah. and then someone kind of maybe on accident slapped a little too hard oh and you take offense to that personally oh shit and next thing you know again I I don't think Lesnar drinks I don't think he drinks either but I know Kurt Henning and we're not trying to speak ill will of the dead here we're actually not in this episode okay but (laughs) Henning who the fuck is setting off fireworks in my fucking idiots um yeah hitting hitting kind of did that thing when you play fight somebody and they just slap you a little too hard and the next thing you know you're actually legit fighting on a plane on a plane wow so it these are grown-ass men these are grown-ass men having a legit like wrestling fight on a plane now see here's what no, it just, it turns cringy to scary 
very quickly. Um, at one point while they were fighting and people were trying to tell them to stop, um, you know, like knock it off and this shit, they start getting closer to the emergency door. Oh my God. If you've never been on a plane, on both sides of the plane, it's an emergency door that you can open in case of a water landing for a plane or if you know it has to make an emergency landing that's the fastest way you, you can get out right now while the cat while the plane is flying it is pressurized the cabin remains pressurized for the entire flight you re- they are really fucking setting off fireworks what the f- are you setting off fireworks this is my goddamn wedding anniversary thank you <laughs> <laughs> shit thanks Anyway, so the, the plane gets pressurized. That door cannot open while the plane is in mid-flight. So if you ever see something in movies or TV about that door springing open, it cannot happen. And I checked with my husband, who is an airplane mechanic, and he, he backed the story up that that will not open unless the plane is on the ground and at a certain point. But when you get two big motherfuckers, especially Brock Lesnar, in 2000, this is 2002 Brock Lesnar, Oh God! And he's just a big, big burly behemoth of a man. He's just a big dude, and Henning wasn't exactly small either. They kept getting closer and closer to that exit, and people started frightfully freaking out because if I didn't know that, because my husband told me, and I'm on a plane having a drink or so, because I'd be helping myself too at this point, be like, I'm done with all you fuckers, like I'm no. (laughs) I got, eight, I got eight more hours and then I don't have to see you for a while. Yeah. How's this cider taste? Like I'll be doing that. But if I'm sitting on a plane and I see two big guys fighting and they're getting close to that emergency door, I'd be freaking, yeah, freaking the fuck out. out. Me too. Especially you have to think about this. There are people, even though they are in the WWE and they fly, there are people who still do not like to fly. Yep. Because I don't remember one wrestler said it, that he they said they had a fear of planes, so they will try to drive everywhere that they can. But you know, if they have to fly, they have to fly. They're stuck doing that. But they were getting really close to it, and it was turning nasty. So you know, it's just a nerve wracking sight to see these two big guys. Slam- they were a tip. I'm not even joking. They were getting. They were slamming each other into that door. What is their deal? They were drunk. God, I mean, I don't know what Lesnar's deal was. Maybe like, cause I, I couldn't find anything. And again, I'm not trying to speak ill will of the dead. But from what someone was saying online is that Henning was the one who would not stop. And Lesnar was the one that was trying to get him to back away. Okay. Uh, all right. That makes sense. Like Lesnar was kind of like, you know, relax relax chill you know we've had a rough a long tour we just all want to go home chill the fuck out and Ooh, he's trying to slam, let's fight let's he's fight. trying to slam that big bohemoth motherfucker brock lesnar 2002 brock lesnar to a fucking door and finally it got broke up they had to be separated by finley triple h and paul Heyman. oh thick ass was in there helping all right awesome yeah. So, like, you know it's some shit when Finley has to get in there because that dude is not afraid of anybody. But I'd be like, that, I mean, that's just scary, though, at that point. You're just like, oh, my God. So Scott Hall's on the plane drinking himself literally to death. And mm-hmm. then Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning damn near killed everybody trying to play fight. Pretty much. All right. We got two scenarios down, about 50 more to go. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> so Dustin Reynolds, aka Dust- Dustin Rhodes, aka Gold Dust, was on oh, this God. flight. And at this point, him and his wife Terry, uh, aka Marlena, who I think is very now I'm going back and watching Terry while while she was doing her Marlena gimmick. She's severely underrated. And I love her <laughs> because like Marlena's Marlena, the character had such big dick energy. And I appreciated that so much as a kid. And I appreciate that even more as an adult now. Right. It's, I I love it. I loved it. 
And she she didn't care. She always had them titties out. They were looking good. They were looking not nice. Her titties. her titties were nice. Well, I'm not even gonna fret for like early 2000 titties. They were some nice titties. What? They weren't like Sables, who like at least Terry's tits moved when she did. Sables just stayed there. Tits. So I you mean talk about people's tits like that. I have tits. I can talk about it. <laughs> So, um, but so at this point they had divorced in real life. They were still working in WWE and, um, from what people said, it was kind of a weird atmosphere to have them both there. Right. Goldust got so fucking drunk. Cause again, open bar, such a good idea, right? Whoa. Such a good idea got so drunk that he got a hold of the plane's uh, PA system and began drunkenly serenading his ex-wife, Terry. <laughs> now, I what got song this, did he sing? I don't know. It was kind of like, I got this from Jim Ross and Jim doesn't really like talking about it. Oh, did he beat Jericho, put your tongue back in, good sir. You're like old enough to be my child. Um, you beat Jericho, though. Well, Thank you, Max. We appreciate you. So, thanks. <laughs> um, I got this from uh, Jim Ross because Jim Ross was there. He was the, I want to make sure I get this correct. He was the vice president of talent relations at the time. Yeah, he and, was. He's a major dickwad. Yeah, he, he sucks um he sucks now i i don't know I, i'm weird with jr but um jr doesn't like talking about it because he goes this was to him he said this was like one of the dark moments of his career um <laughs> altogether and he, he really doesn't that's like the dark moment well he said it's one of the dark moments of his career and he doesn't like to why are you crying you going on tour <laughs> he crying Hey, Jerry, Mr. Krabs oh. is on TV. Okay, I love MJF, but baby, what is with your fake tan? Your legs are one color and your upper body's the other. He always has a terrible tan. Jericho's crying because he lost today. Oh. Bye. Anyway, um, <laughs> I thought they were saving that for the pay-per-view, though. Oh, well, maybe he's leaving. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I don't have to worry about it now. Um, but yeah, so Jim Ross is talking. I got this from Jim Ross, and he was just like, he was just trying to basically, he's like, just think of like the drunk cowboy from like any Western movie trying to win back the love of his life. And Mar Terry, look, uh, this is coming from Jim Ross. Terry just looks mortified. Like she was, it looks, he's like, she looks like she was ready to cry. She wanted to go hide somewhere, but you're on a plane. So there's not really places for you to hide in it. And he forcefully had to remove Dustin from the mic and force him back into his seat. Now, several people say JR made sure he was like secured. Like he was not allowed to leave his seat for the rest of like the eight hours they were on that plane. So let me get this straight. Okay. Scott Hall's drinking to himself almost to death. Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning are literally fighting. Damn near about to be close to the emergency exit. Four other wrestlers are trying to get them to sit down. And Dustin Rhodes is on the PA system of the plane serenading Terry. And she's sitting there bursting in tears crying because he's embarrassing her. To the point where Jim Ross had to get out of his seat, forcefully remove him from the mic, and forced him back into his own seat and made him stay there unless he had to go to the bathroom. And he, all of this is happening at one time. All this, all this is happening. And this, it's like the weirdest. I could not find the time increments, but all this is happening probably all at once, or at least that is ridiculous. So, like according to this, Jim Ross forcefully made him sit in his seat. And Dustin apparently passed out. 
he wasn't as tired from all the singing (laughs) yeah he he wasn't as he didn't have to get wheeled out like scott hall but um he was exhausted he needed he needed his sustenance (laughs) so are you aware of a um a piece of shit guy named michael hayes he sounds familiar he worked for the wwe he was in the fabulous freebirds oh yeah he has that weird blonde hair and like dark brown beard oh yeah and remember he's also the the old southern white guy who went up to mark henry and said i'm more of a than you ever be oh he used the n-word yes with the hard r oh 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 and he said that to mark henry's face well mark henry should have knocked his ass out i cannot find out what happened when he said that to mark henry because i'm pretty sure yeah um mark henry from the south he knocked his ass out isn't he from like georgia or something from texas yeah so you know you yeah he knocked his ass out i'm pretty sure he got he got knocked the fuck out so like Michael parking Hayes, lot wait until he got to his car knocked out like that's what right. I so michael hayes is on this fight because he was working for he worked for wwe at the time and right. michael, michael hayes has had an issue with alcoholism as well um to just name a few um i did not know this till i found out but eva mendez when she was it eva mendez no that's the actress Rosa, Rosa, Rosa Mendez, the her. Sorry, I always get them too confused for some reason. Um, Rosa Mendez, I did not know this. She had issues with alcohol. Yeah, she, she did. Had, I was not watching WWE at the time, and uh, she had left for a while. To I don't know if it was her going to rehab or her just seeking help to deal with her alcoholism. And Michael Hayes, from her story, she said that she, not to cut you off, but she said that after she got pregnant, that's when she really gave it up. That's she said her her baby saved her life. Good, I'm proud of her. Like, so I can go for it. Um, well, before that, after she left and did what she needed to do, uh, apparently Michael Hayes got her drunk. Oh boy. He's also knowing she had a problem. When she was deep, like when she came back to the WWE after seeking her getting the help she needs, Michael Hayes thought it would be a great idea to get drinks to celebrate something with her. And she ended up back to square zero. (sighs) And I I I don't he's a dick. Like I, not to go back to this, but I have friends of mine who don't drink and I have friends of mine who used to drink and then they stopped for personal issues. Right. I could never imagine me saying, oh, you know, hey, I know you have a problem. Here, have a fucking beer and deal with it. Like, no, I can never do that to them. And, um, he just he's one of he's one of Vince's favorites because after he pulled this I'm surprised he even had a job when Hunter and Steph got married Michael Hayes was there and he got so drunk at one point he got on the stage where the band was singing or the band was playing start singing and it and get and it wasn't Vince who went and got him down and chewed him out. It was Linda. Oh, Linda Big McMahon mommy. went up there, chewed his ass out, and pulled him off stage and made him leave. Oh, not at her little girl's wedding. I, I don't understand that. <laughs> I'd be pissed too if someone did that to my my kid's wedding. I just my mom would probably have fought somebody. I would have fucking loved it. So. <laughs> Michael Hayes got into an altercation with um, Bradshaw. Oh, Jesus be a fence. Now, Bradshaw's an asshole. We've talked about how much he's an asshole. That is a scary motherfucker. This was not uh, JBL that we know him now. No, this that was, was Acolytes Bradshaw. Th- that, this was APA Bradshaw. 
Oh, I like the guy that. who would take your fucking head off with a arm, like a with a clothesline. The clothesline. I used to love that Bradshaw though. I he loved it because I loved it because when he was with the right person and he hit that clothesline on them, that it, motherfucker. It was beautiful. They would fucking spin. Right. <laughs> I forgot who he hit with it, but I'm pretty sure they do hit did like a six thirty without even realizing it. And then hit the crown. It was if he did it with the right person, it was beautiful. Oh, so, I, I'm gonna go watch some old Bradshaw matches. I think after this APA. So it got into an altercation with Bradshaw, and we all know Bradshaw enjoys a beer or so. And Hayes ended up punching Bradshaw in the face. Oh, now. On the tour, Bradshaw had gotten cut and it didn't need stitches or anything. So, you know, they do that glue bullshit where it's yeah. like, hey, use this. And then uh, when you're done or when you get home, go to your doctor and they can tell you if you need a staple or stitches or whatever. Well, Hayes had hit him with enough force to bust him open and he was wearing crimson. Oh, shit. Now, would you want to piss off APA Bradshaw? Absolutely not. Hell no. <laughs> I wouldn't. So, yeah, Bradshaw got a, Bradshaw was bleeding all over the place. Um, they had to hold Bradshaw back from killing him, which at that point, I would have just, I would have just let him, and they did. They let him, after he got hit, they kind of gave up. They all kind of looked the other way, and Bradshaw knocked Hayes out. Teeth, like, complete technical knockout. Knocked Ooh. his ass out. Well, before, <laughs> before he decided to be a dick to Bradshaw, Hayes had somehow made him his way up to first class where Vince and Linda and all the higher-ups were. And Linda, according to, from what I read, Linda and Vince were sleeping. Michael Hayes proceeds to pee on Linda McMahon. What? He peed <laughs> on Linda McMahon's leg. They were on the plane with them? Yes, everyone was in this plane because that way they could keep everybody together. She All the wrestlers and everybody... I don't want to call it first class, but like one part of the plane had like Vince and Linda, the producers, like all the people backstage kind of like. like okay, the, so that was a better part of the plane. So you yeah, call it first class because that's where Vince and Linda were and probably, you know, some of the showrunners and that kind of stuff. Yeah, like they, they are kind of separated in the plane. Hayes had stumbled his way up the first class, whipped his dick out and peed on Linda McMahon's leg peed on her he peed on her you gotta be fucking kidding me now if that was anybody else they just should have been fired yeah but it's he's one of vince's favorites but he, he pissed did. on your wife <laughs> what I, i'm telling you their marriage that marriage is weird but he gets his at the end i'm saving that till the end let's get to what tiff has been waiting for Rick, oh God, Blair, Jesus, she is Jesus. gonna, she is gonna flip out. Now, Flair at this time is about late fifties, sixty years old. Damn, <laughs> two thousand two. He, he was, I don't know, he was, he was getting up there. You know, he, he, he's not Ain't the kind no of guy. Spring chicken. Yeah, you know, it's not like you know. I'm just gonna use a couple of guys here. It's not like MJF or Cody. Or like, uh, who's got another really good body? Or Drew McIntyre. Oh, yes. Amazing. Uh, you know, some more It's not like somebody you want to see naked, right? <laughs> yes. Like, let's just, let's just say that. I'd rather see Cody Rhodes naked than, than Ric Flair naked. Any, I wouldn't um, mind that. I think Cody probably looked good naked. Honestly, he had a good tan. And dye your hair back black. I, I, I'm serious. You really do look better like home letter. He looks liberty and justice like he does look like homelander it's weird that's why we call him homelander 
It's so odd. I don't like it. And him coming out I don't see that, how Brandy likes it. It's weird. I don't know how anyone can look at Homelander and be like, yes, I'm the face of my own company. I want to dress like the bad guy. Like, how does that fucking make sense? So Flair uh, helped himself to the open bar. I don't know about drugs, but I think he had drugs. I'm not going to say here or there. I know Nature Boy does enjoy a good drink every once in a while, though. Well, apparently, Grandpa Rick forgot to take his medication that day. Oh, Lord. Because on top of all this other shit that's been going on. Okay, the pissing. Rick Flair comes out of the bathroom wearing nothing but one of his Nature Boy robes. And it's Jeez. open. It ain't tied. It's open. Not, and little, not, little, little Nate is just is, is there. Everyone's seeing Ric Flair's dick at this what point. The no way. No way. I really wish I was. She's dick swinging. He did the, apparently he did the helicopter and the elephant thing that guys do with their dicks. No, he did not. Yeah, no, he, did. he did. Oh, no. Came from three different sources. Not in 50? <laughs> he, just, he just walked out of that fucking bathroom like he owned the goddamn plane and he was butt-ass naked except for his robe that was just open and Little Nate and the Nature Boys were just hanging out. I love the house. Yeah. So, uh-huh. it, it would have been funny, right? If it just ended there, right? Well, that's yeah. that. that yes. just, okay. Well, it doesn't end there. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. Paul, well, it's still it's still Rick about Rick, just helicoptering his wiener all around the place. Michael Hayes has peed on Linda McMahon and. He punched Bradshaw in the face. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning are fighting. <laughs> Fucking Dustin is on the on the, the PA system just serenading the hell out of Terry. And Scott Hall's drinking himself to death. At this point, Scott Hall is passed out. Like that's like that's where he's at on the timeline. It's and so much going on. How do you keep track of this? I don't know. I I guess I'm surprised people were even sober enough to remember this. But you think it would be funny with, with Rick just coming out naked except for his robe, and that would have been like the end of it. Right? Oh my God. That would have been the end of it for Rick. Would have gone out, the fucking champ. He came out naked, wooing, strutting down the aisle. Everyone had a good laugh. At, at yeah, everybody's Grandpa. having a good time. It's funny. Woo, well, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't know. Um, on the flight, there were uh, two female flight attendants. Oh, come on. And, come on, uh, dude, he sexually assaulted the flight attendants. You gotta be kidding. Allegedly, allegedly assaulted the flight attendants. Um, he would flash them, make lewd sexual comments to them. And according to one of the flight attendants, he would force her hand on her to his genitalia and even kept one of them from leaving the back valley area while sexually assaulting her. Oh my God. Are you? Wow. You are. You have no shame. Are Um, you serious? I Jim Ross, I got this from an interview Jim Ross did about it. And um I I believe I like I got these from wrestlers who were on the flight and they this is what they remembered. Uh what culture, I can't believe I'm saying this, what culture and WrestleMania has actually put out really good videos about them. Um these these poor flight attendants were just getting the brunt of everything. Uh, put in a warning here that need to skip maybe two minutes into this if, if people are uh, sensitive sensitive to assault. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, this is this is the warning. Skip two minutes into the future if you guys don't want to hear about this. 
Um, the flight wow. attendants also claimed that Scott Hall and Dustin Rhodes made sexually aggressive comments toward them. With uh, Scott, with Scott Hall saying he was going to lick a certain area on her after he licked her face and told the other one to suck his dick. Oh hell no! And Dustin kept saying he was going to fuck one of them and they yeah you really wow i wish i was making this shit i know it sounds made up but i swear on my grandmother's grave people who said this actually happened now i'm gonna be honest it was funny up until now that is just i can't make this funny i'm sorry that is really disheartening. Well, if it makes you feel any better, um, they did. The flight attendants did uh, take them to court over it. Um, in two thousand four is when they went to court. The WWE settled outside of court, and I cannot find the. Oh amount that was settled for because you know wwe they will just give them money sealed to shut up and go away yep sounds about right you can go online and they get i i don't want to give out the women's names because their names have already been used enough i just feel bad for them um that really is messed up but if you what makes even worse is that you just you just put money towards them and then you let these guys continue to wrestle well, there there was repercussions, believe me. Um, but if you if you want to read more about it, um, you can Google it. Honestly, I, I that's why I saved Rick for last because it was the more serious thing. Uh, but there was a fallout, big time, for the people who um, who took part of this. Of course, Flair got in trouble because, you know, WWE doesn't like going to court um, and being, you know, they weren't trying to be the family-friendly company back in the day. But if you could imagine that shit happening now, oh my God, people would be getting fired left and right. Yep. So, um, Scott Hall was immediately fired from the WWE. Oh, wow. Due to his actions on the plane. Um, thankfully he, there was, he had a really rough time getting help coming back and forth, but thankfully, you know, DDP, he took, he let Hall move in with him. He helped him get cleaned up and, uh, on the road to recovery and he's been doing good ever since WWE has since let him back into their good graces. And it's, I'm really happy that we can see Scott Hall sometimes when he shows up. So I'm, I'm happy that he's at least alive after everything is said and done. Um, Kurt Henning was fired as he was deemed the aggressor of the fight with Lesnar, which is true because, you know, Lesnar was trying to back up from what I was reading. If anyone has anything else, please let me know. Lesnar was trying to stop the fight. Henning was continuing it. So it was technically was Kurt Henning's fault. Um, Henning would show up in WCW where we lost him way too soon. And unfortunately, uh, he is no longer with us. Uh, Goldust was put into the WWE doghouse for a very long time, throttled with weird and horrible gimmicks. And this was before they gave him that god-awful stuttering thing. So if you go back and like right at this time period, if you see Goldust doing some weird bullshit, that was like him being punished for what he did on the plane. Even though honestly, he was the one who was doing the less severe shit. Yeah, because oh, hey. uh, Michael oh, Hayes hey. pissed on Linda McMahon. He should. Oh fight. well, let's <laughs> let's get to Michael Hayes because this is poetic karma. I absolutely fucking love it. So unfortunately, from what I've seen, Michael Hayes still works for the WWE, but this is a case of locker room justice. Um, after being hit by Hayes, I said Bradshaw returned the punch and knocked him out. Um, while Hayes was unconscious, 
somebody cut off his mullet slash ponytail on the plane. Oh, no way. According to X-Pac, he's the one who did it. He didn't do it. I, I mean, he claims he did it, but somebody did it. And uh, you and Hayes didn't realize it because this is how drunk he was. And he was still rattled because he got fucking punched by Bradshaw. Y'all, if you asked me to take a slap from Walter or a clothesline from Bradshaw, I'd rather take the slap from Walter because at least I won't die. Take a fucking Hell no. Bradshaw. <laughs> I'd be like, nah, my tits are small. Like, just just do it. They can't get any smaller. Let's like, let's go. Um, see, they cut off his hair and he didn't realize it till they landed. Later on that night at Raw, there somebody again, X Pox claimed this was all him, but I don't, he didn't whatever. Do it. <laughs> Later on, on Raw, it showed up in a box in the back, like around catering or in one of the locker rooms. <laughs> and there was a sign that says, For sale, free bird ponytail, 100% <laughs> legit. Oh, <laughs> nice. X-Pac didn't do it. I don't think bitch. he did he it. Didn't do it. He, he ain't do shit. I bet you it was Bradshaw who did it because that man was probably pissed. He found some razors and he just went to town. Right. I, th- I, I want to say Bradshaw was the one who did it because I'd be like, this motherfucker thought it'd be funny to punch me. I'm bleeding. Now, nah, bitch, someone get me my fucking razor. Like, it, I, I'd, I'd be done. I'd be red um period if, if s if xbox was if xbox was the one who did it he never got any consequences handed to him um a he lot of the people can do it well even <laughs> if, let's just say if he did okay whoever did it would not have gotten in trouble anyway because majority of the people on the plane thought hayes deserved it due to his behavior i don't blame him so they were just like yeah whatever he got he had coming now, people ask X-Pac, and I'm going to do a whole episode on X-Pac one day. Oh, you know, yeah, let's get He needs to go to court. We need to take You're going to be on road session. We, mm-hmm. He needs to go to, we need to take this motherfucker to court because I got some shit to say to him. Um, yeah. So, so I was reading an interview and someone was asking X-Pac why he did it. Well, I guess Hayes was a booking agent at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was really big up on guys like Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys, which he was also a manager of for a short period of time for both of them. And X-Pot got mad because he was booking guys like the Hardys and Edge and Christian and the Dudleys over guys like him. And I'm like, so you mean guys with talent? X-Pot wasn't good enough. He's never been good enough. You know, when you talk about NWO or DX, you don't hear people talking about X-Pac. Or Why would they? I, I feel he like was, I'm giving him, I'm giving him too much power. He was just a part of the group. Like, it wasn't anything significant. He didn't do anything. No. So, so that, and of course, um, after that, Vince never chartered a major flight like that when it comes to European tours. Um mm when they would do you know they their thing for the troops they would have a plane it was more of a military style plane if i'm if i'm correct mm-hmm. um so there was no open bar it was kind of like a place for you to sleep and that was it <laughs> um and of course we all know about the situation in saudi when they got when a lot of people got stuck there because they could not get planes out but that was the first and last time Vince ever chartered a private plane with an open bar for WWE talent. And that, Tiffany, is the plane ride from hell. My head (laughs) is trying to wrap my mind. Like, what the fuck else was everybody doing? Because there's pure chaos. And then with the assault stuff, like, was that happening in front of other people and no one said anything? It's it's hard because a lot of those guys um, are no longer with us. Uh, oh. 
even if they were a part of the plane ride, a lot of them didn't really, they don't like talking about it. Like Stone Cold and Deborah, who he was married to at the time, he was on the plane, but reports different where he saw people acting up, but he didn't see anything too crazy because him and Deborah kind of fell asleep on the way. They took like, um, not anything illegal, but they just took stuff to help them sleep because they had- yeah, some type of ambient or something like that yeah it wasn't like gbh or anything like that but um they just took something to knock him out because he had a i think he was champion at the time i don't remember he but even if he wasn't he was still one of the major players on monday night raw at the time though he needed to be well rested to be able to put on the show that night I don't know again because this is this isn't the locker room now. This is the locker room of 2002, and that really paints a picture for how far wrestling, at least in the locker room. And I know not every, I know a lot of people are still have this mindset, but it really yeah. has shown you when you have guys like the Kofi Kingston's coming out or the Xavier Woods coming out or Big E or. Uh, Hell, even Ricochet, like anybody who's doing up, up, down, down, like that shit that The Undertaker was talking about at one point. You could see yeah. why the locker room needed an upgrade. And they they could, there's no way that they could continue doing this shit in 2021. And it blows my mind when, what, it doesn't blow my mind. After last year, nothing should blow my mind anymore. But the way the way people act and the way they are, in the locker rooms when there's no cameras on them it really just makes you kind of go wow i i can't support you anymore right this whole that wow that is a lot this all happened on an eight hour flight eight hours people that's just what they told us is happening that's i yeah that is what I can we imagine know. what what actually happened. Like, and then people don't want to talk about it. They don't want. I I think they don't want to talk about it is because they want to move on from it. Maybe because uh, I mean a lot of the people who who I noticed did talk about it. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at something Nicole just posted in the group. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, she's spending time with her family. She's good. Mm-hmm. Who's this Chris Van Vele- the TV host? He's the one who had that podcast that talked about Peyton Royce. And she was talking about how the Iconics got split up. And she tried to distance herself from it, but she really was the catalyst for why they got split up. Huh. It came from his podcast. He follows us? And followed us today. Huh. Hi. Thank you for <laughs> listening to the show. This is my bullshit segment. So, hi. I was um, like, what is he doing following us? Hmm. He must have heard our roast sessions. Maybe. <laughs> Peyton's, Peyton's next. Uh, I don't know, man, but it's just, it goes to show you this is why people need to change because, like, JR. He flat out said that he was embarrassed by the actions of everybody because these are these are grown folk. This ain't like, you know, 18, 19 year old frat boys who first time they've been away from like mom and dad. Yeah, you know, grown ass men. Like backpacking through Europe or some bullshit, like only rich boys can do. It's like they're <laughs> like JR, JR is very embarrassed by it. Um like just incredible has no problems talking about it but he just basically said it was like a frat house even though mom and dad were like sitting not even you know a curtain a curtain away and which is so weird to me all this shit is going down and they're just they're like oh they're just having a good time it's a good shit it's good shit until someone pisses on you that's okay that's the thing it's like if okay is your husband nearby nope Smart man. I all I know is this is that if I woke up, if I'm asleep on a plane and I woke up and there's this grown ass man who's drunk off his drunk off his ass peeing on my leg, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like half hope that a Daryl's holding me back before I kill this guy, and b he beats me to it and knocks shit out of him. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he's still employed by WWE. Yes. The dude peed on your wife, bruh. <laughs> are you into that? It wouldn't surprise me if you are, but are you into that? I don't give a shit. I always found their I always found their fucking marriage weird. But they're rich old white people, so they probably got married just because of money. So whatever. <laughs> Not rich old white people. They are rich white pe- old white people. Come on. Linda still could be going. <laughs> Linda still could be going to jail, but I'd be taking Michael Hayes with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sis might be going to jail. All the PP loan scams that didn't happen and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I could never, I can never imagine fucking waking up and having someone peeing on me. And you know, Linda, she probably had some nice shit on. It's not like when we go flying on a plane, where you're like dressed <laughs> as like a scrub and you got like your comfy jeans on. I know she shirt. had on some damn Chanel or she had Chanel, <laughs> she had Gucci, Versace, she has some shit. She's not like us when she goes to Walmart and buys sweats and a t-shirt because you're gonna be in a plane on and off she all day. Should. She dressed like an old ass white lady. She is an old ass white lady, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So yeah, that is that is the plane ride from hell. And I still can't believe this shit actually happened. And I'm the one who did all the research for it. I I just don't understand. It's just so much at one time. And even if it happened in like hours, like an hour went by and then some new shit popped off. It just, what are the odds that all of this happens on one plane ride? Okay, so that was it, ladies and gents. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of What Had Happened Was, a lesson in history. Alexis really did her homework with the plane ride from hell, but you guys most definitely are in for a treat for the next couple of episodes for wrestling history. You have to know what she has planned. She really found some unique stories, which is really, really cool. I can't wait to hear these stories and I'm going to be able to be a part of that and hope the other girls are there too. So hope you guys love this episode. Please be sure to follow us on our social media at down for the count 19 and of course at D4TC underscore podcast as well. Just follow us so you can see our live tweets and all that jazz and with all that being said i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of down for the count and i'll see you guys next time